Welcome to How to Save Your Marriage with Nicola Beer, a full show of tips and practical strategies to repair, rebuild, and strengthen your relationship. If you are currently stuck, wondering if your marriage can be saved, or you know you want to save it, but don't know how to go about changing it, this show is for you. To book your free marriage strategy session with Nicola, get the free marriage ebook or donate. If you are enjoying the show and want to help keep it flowing, visit www.nicolabeer.com. Hi and welcome. I'm so excited that you're here because I'm going to be sharing with you some very personal things that have happened to me over the years. I'm going to get a bit down and intimate with you with my darkest thoughts. So maybe get a, t- a tissue ready and um, really you may want to listen to this because I'm gonna, just going to be really raw and honest. I'm going to be talking about financial fear. I'm going to be talking about how I s- escaped it. I'm going to be giving you my five top lessons and tips to escape financial fear. And this is something I've struggled with a lot. It's been a dance I've played. I believe that sometimes we get one area of our life that we are tested in by the universe again and again. And me, that is financial. Sometimes people are tested by relationships, sometimes finances, sometimes work, sometimes family. For me, it's financial fear and financial panic, financial decisions, financial beliefs. And I'm going to be sharing how to release and free yourself from financial fear, how to get into and create financial abundance. Something I'm very passionate about helping people with as part of my dance therapy, as part of the work that I do when I help couples, especially if one person is constantly in financial fear, if one person is depressed because of their financial situation, it's a horrible place to be. And so I'm hoping that this episode will help you. And the reason that I'm talking about it now is obviously because with everything that's going on right now in the world, there is a lot of financial fear. There's financial fear that is perceived like false, well, can be real, can be false. Who knows what the future is going to be like? So there is fear of what might happen in the future financially. There is fear of, okay, I'm seeing losses right now. And there is the fear of loss in the future. And so stress is high, anxiety is high for many, many people. And there's also a lot of uncertainty. No one knows when things are going to recover, how they're going to recover, what the future markets will look like. So because of all of this, financial fear is really heightened right now. And In my previous life, and I call it my previous life, but my previous career, I'm gonna be talking about that. I used to work in recruitment. And working in recruitment, there was a lot of pressure to do well in sales. So I get that financial pressured environment. And I also spoke to people all the time that were affected by losing their job, not feeling like they're gonna be able to get a job again in fear, in hopelessness. So I really wanted to share all of my own personal experiences, the five lessons I've learned in case this may help you or you may want to share this with somebody else. I'm also going to be sharing with you at the end how you can get hold of my financial abundance meditation because this is really good to feed your mind with positive thoughts to help you not give up, 
to help you stop self-attacking if that's happening to you right now. So let's start at the beginning. Some of us are born into families with plenty of money and some of us aren't. And this does not matter so much as the beliefs that we adopt because the financial beliefs that we adopt carry through from childhood to adulthood unless we make a conscious effort to be aware of them and to change them. I grew up in a very stressed financial situation. My dad was in and out of jobs a lot, so we were on benefits, having school, free school dinners, and then we were off benefits because we just had no money. My mum was constantly stressed out and she ended up working a lot. She ended up working long hours as well. And so when she did have time off, she was very difficult to live with. She was quite abusive, quite stressed, negative all the time. She was very, very tight with money, probably because we needed to be. So we weren't allowed to have the oven on. We weren't allowed to have the heating on some of the time. We had to take our bread, like our sandwiches for school in bread bags rather than actual, you know, other children had really nice cling film or tin foil to wrap their sandwiches in. And we had like bread bags. It was so embarrassing. We used to go to the Clark's shoe shop, have our feet measured and then walk out because we couldn't afford the Clark shoes. So we were just used to go there and just really learn that money is stressful, money is difficult. And then my mum had lots of breakdowns over money. Of course, I didn't understand it at the time. I didn't understand that my dad had gambled some of my mum's money. So I didn't know that that was the reason, but I know that my parents argued over money, they fought over money, and that money caused my mum to get very, very aggressive and sometimes get very depressed where she wouldn't want to get out of bed. So this led me to see money as if you don't have it, it's absolute panic, absolute stress. You need to have money. And if you don't, it's chaos. And I have such a fear. So in a way, in some ways, you know, you could look at it and say, well, this is good because I had a really strong work ethic and I still do. But the fear of not having money is something I've had to love, accept, coach myself through and help myself to break free because for a while especially in my teens and early 20s I ended up being like my mum like my mum would be so worried about money all the time so tight about everything we weren't allowed to even use to you know we were either told how much toilet roll we were allowed to use and things like that so I wasn't that bad but I had to coach myself out of it because I could get very stressed about money, get very stressed about spending money and get very stressed when I lost money. And let's face it, we all know how horrible it is to lose money and yet it happens. So learning how to accept that, learning to be okay with that has really, really helped me. I cannot imagine how much difference that has made and these five lessons I'm going to be giving you today that I have learned and I hope that they help you. These are what helped me. I'm sure you've got your own lessons and I'd love to hear them so do feel free to comment, um, to join my Facebook group where we all share and support one another. 
where you can ask me questions. I've created this so that I can be closer and have a, a better con connection to all of you wonderful people listening to my podcast show. I'm so grateful for you because I wouldn't be able to do what I love if it wasn't for you listening because I would feel like there's no point. There's no one listening. So <laughs> I'm very grateful that you tune in. So yeah, so this financial loss did lead to me at 14, that's the time I remember most, deciding no matter what, I have to have money. I was petrified of not having money. So when in 2007, I just moved to Dubai, I had just asked my company to move from construction recruitment, which I've done for three years in the UK, civil and structural engineering recruitment, to move to investment banking recruitment. And I pushed them. And they were like, no, Nicola. I was like, you, you know, you're a construction recruiter. And I said, yeah, I am. And I have been, but I want a new challenge. I'm intelligent. I will learn the industry. Trust me, I said to them, I will be good at this. I will make sure I'm good at this. And so they, they were, weren't happy, but then they were like, well, we don't want to lose you. So they allowed me to move into this area. And then the financial crisis hit. And of course, being a recruitment consultant in financial services, in private equity, investment banking was pretty scary considering this was the industry that was most affected and there were job losses everywhere. And there I was as a recruitment consultant finding people jobs in this area. So at first I went into crisis mode. I used to go home, pour myself a drink on the balcony and drink the night away. I didn't drink a lot because a lot didn't really, I didn't have to drink a lot because it would just affect me a lot because I'm quite small. And I would just have a few drinks and then I would just pass out. And I was using this to escape the fear because the fear was horrible. And it worked for a while, but I would wake up in the morning and feel guilty and the stress and the fear would still be there. Walking into the office was awful because the office had halved literally in a few weeks. We went from over 90 staff to 40 members of staff. And just seeing all the empty desks was depressing. Everyone in the office was scared. Everyone in the office was worried. Is it going to be them next? People felt really bad for the people that were terminated. It was just a real sad environment. And of course, for sales, you need a positive environment. And so it was a real difficult time. And this is when I had my first few realizations about getting over financial fear. So I carried on there with this drinking habit for quite a while. And the fear was not going anywhere. My drinking was getting worse. My thoughts were getting worse. It was just one big ball of negativity. And even though I was told, we're going to keep you, Nicola. You're good at your job. Don't worry. I didn't believe it. And I was, my body was just in a panic mode. And then I got one email. One night sat on the balcony. I received an email. And it was from one of my dad's cousins who had just started an orphanage in India and I'd emailed him to volunteer. And I got this email back basically saying to me that 
he would love me to volunteer, but unless I'm strong and I can lift bricks and help them build the orphanage, then I wouldn't be much help because the, the children weren't there yet. They were actually just building it. I thought, wow, I'm not actually fit. And then I thought, maybe I need to get fit, actually. And then I could raise some money for them. Maybe I could help in that way. So I started Googling and I found a walking group in Dubai that teach you how to go from walking to half a marathon, either walking or slow jogging within a few months. I thought that is exactly what I need. Some physical activity and a new focus. So I signed up and it was brilliant. It was the best thing that happened to me. Running a few times a week really just allowed that stress to go moving my body freely and then I started playing uplifting music really cool house music so I used to love dancing to house music and I felt alive I drank less my stress was gone and I felt positive and then this was a shift for me I felt the best I'd ever felt in ages even before the crisis and I decided one time when running that if there weren't enough jobs in the whole area that I covered, for me to be successful, then what is the point? And so I told myself that I can do this. And I did three major things that made a massive difference in my life. And when I applied these three things, I was the highest biller in my office three years in a row, despite doing the most, according to the news, the most hard hit sector, private equity and investment banking recruitment. And other consultants in the office were doing HR, they were doing legal, they were doing all these other different areas. And I was the highest. I also paid off my mortgage in the UK because of this before my 30th birthday, which to me was a major, major achievement. I paid off my student debt, and I was having great success in all areas of my life. My relationship was going well. I attracted in someone loving and kind. And we were having such a great laugh and such a great times together. I felt positive energy. I was attracting new opportunities to me. I won three holidays in my company over those three years. Every year I won a holiday. And it just was amazing. Life was amazing. And the three things that I applied to escape that financial panic and fear was one, I was moving every day, doing some form of exercise, releasing that stress from my body, moving the stuck energy really helped me. The second thing that I did was I filled my mind with positive affirmations, with positive music. So I was listening to the song Believe, it's a house track, and it basically says, you know, believe in yourself, You've got to believe in yourself, believe, believe. I won't sing for you because you probably would definitely turn off the podcast then. So I could, but I will put the, the names of the songs in along with this episode because it's amazing. And so I listened to this and I not only listened to that when I was moving, I listened to it on the car, in the drive to work and back. So those two things made a huge difference, which got me these results. And then the third thing I did is I switched off the news. I switched off the negativity. I did not need to know all about the financial crisis. I did not need to know how bad the markets were doing. 
I did not need to feed into the office banter about how recruitment is just null and void at the moment. There's no point in doing it. That no one's hiring. No one's doing this. I just kept my positive mindset, filtered out and switched off the negativity and just focused on what I wanted to achieve. And I used the movement and the music to shift and release any of those fears that I had. Because of course fears come up, but I just didn't feed into them. Negative thoughts come up, we don't feed into them. So now, applying it to this situation, I'm using this technique that I learned again. Do I need to check the coronavirus statistics daily? I have some people that are pressing the refresh button on their phone every hour. Sometimes every 15 minutes, sometimes every 10 minutes. Do you need to do that? Now, I'm not saying that go as extreme as I did during those times and completely switch off the news if that's not what you want to do or if you need it for your work. But what I'm saying is maybe have a check-in twice a day. Do you need to be feeding into the negativity? Because what we think and what we allow into our mind is going to affect us. It's going to affect our feelings. It's going to affect our thoughts. It's going to affect our behavior. It's going to affect our results. And it's going to impact those around us. Now, maybe you're living alone right now, so you're not impacting those around you. But even if you're talking to them on the phone, they can feel that tone and that energy. So those are the three main things I learned from that experience and it's really so important now as well to make sure that what you listen to what you read in the last hour of your before bed is the most important because whatever we read or listen to before we go to sleep will be playing in our mind for those eight hours it will be in our subconscious mind so that's why whenever I work with a couple or an individual to help them change their life, I give them powerful meditations to listen to just before they go to sleep so that their subconscious mind can be processing and can be healing and doing some transformational work whilst they are sleeping. And this positivity that I was feeling gave me such strength. And it gave me so much strength and abundance and the feeling of I can do anything I set my mind to which is a lovely belief to feel it's a great thing to think but to when you actually embody it and feel it it was just bliss so that's when I decided okay I'm going to follow my passion I've always wanted to help people I used to work on an emotional distress line when I was living in the UK for four years and it was time to retrain to do all of my qualifications, to be a counsellor, to be a coach, to be an emotional body worker. And that's when I started investing in further education and really planning my career switch to follow my passion, to follow my heart. So fast forward a few years later, and then this is actually maybe, yeah, long, uh, quite a few years later, I have my second financial test. And I learned even more tips on how to get out of 
financial fear and into financial abundance. So let's just say, starting my own business, I was totally naive when it came to marketing. I had no clue. And after qualifying and getting some great results for people that I was working with, I wanted to upscale. I wanted to reach more people. I loved what I was doing. And I knew that I probably needed a marketing strategy, that I needed some help with social media because it scared me, that I needed to go networking and raise my business profile. Like I had all of those gaps. I didn't have a clue what to do, how to go about it. It was pretty scary. So one day at an event, I met a lady and her colleague and they said to me that they could really help me. They could help me build my brand. They could do graphics for me. They could do TV commercials with me. Basically, they just said everything I wanted to hear. They would run my Instagram. They would run everything. So I thought, wow, this sounds amazing. And they said, you know, they, they would give me a really good price. So I thought, okay, great. So I signed up with them for six months. I trusted. I thought, yep, they can help me. I didn't have the right knowledge to rightly ask right questions. When would I see results? What would we be focusing on? What would they be doing? I just was like, yes, please, and handed over my money. And then after a few weeks, and then a few months, nothing was happening. I would call them, get scared that nothing was happening, worry, what have I done? Contact them, they would reassure me everything was in process, I'd feel better, and then the same cycle. I would get into a state of panic, I would call them, they'd reassure me, and weeks and months went by, and I had nothing to show for the money that I had invested with them. They just kept on telling me everything I wanted to hear, and I kept waiting and waiting, and I began to get angry. I began to feel fear. Have I lost all of that investment? Has it all been for nothing? I felt like a loser. I felt like a loser because I felt like I should have known, I should have checked, I shouldn't have trusted, and it was hard swallowing that loss. And as I was feeling stressed about it, as I was feeling annoyed about it, I kept attracting people to me that gave me other negative messages about my ability to succeed in my business. I'll be speaking with a friend or an old colleague or a family member. And I kept getting the same messages. Messages like, don't give up recruitment. You're really good at it. Why don't you do your counselling and coaching on the side? Not everyone gets to do what they want to do. Sometimes people do their passion for free. It's important to stick to what you know. Better the devil you know than the devil you don't. Someone even said to me. Others would say, I just can't see it working. It's not going to work in Dubai. It's not going to work. All of these fears I absorbed. I absorbed everybody else's opinion. And I started to feel weak. I started to feel sorry for myself. It's too hard. I had let negativity into my mind and body again. I didn't feel like exercising. I felt flat, 
and deflated. I had no energy. I was too exhausted to do anything. Nothing was flowing for me. And worst of all was my self-disappointment. I began to feel stuck because I was stuck in a pity party for myself. Have you ever heard the expression, pour me, pour me, pour me a glass of wine or pour me another drink? That was me. Then I had a major meltdown and ordeal at the airport and this is when it reached its peak. You see, a few months later, I was on my way to India to do a emotional body work counselling course. And as I stood in the queue at the Dubai airport to drop my bags and then to go through passport control, I began to get into a really negative, angry state again. In my own negative pity party. I began to feel so much anger at the social late media lady and was complaining in my own head about what she had done. How dare she do this to me? She's so horrible. I hate her. How could she do this to me? I've lost all this money, all this time wasted. Bad things always happen to me. It's not fair. I'm always losing money or being ripped off. Can't believe she lied to me. She's taken me for a fool. Can't believe I fell for it. I'm an idiot for trusting her. How dare she do this to me? I'm so annoyed. Life is crap. Everything is going wrong. Maybe I should just give up. I'm never going to make it. Maybe everyone is right. Maybe I just do this on the side. Maybe I do this for free. Maybe I'm going to be in recruitment for the rest of my life. I got so wrapped up in my pity party. So worked up, I could feel the stress and tension in my chest, in my face. It was horrible. It was eating me alive. But I didn't know how to stop it. I knew it was bad for me. I could feel myself getting worked up and stressed, but I couldn't stop it. I got so lost in all of the complaining inside my head that things went from bad to horrendous. Consumed in my own negativity, I lost my passport inside the hand luggage security belt. So I'd gone through passport control, gave my passport over, and then when you put your stuff in the belt, it must have disappeared somewhere then. Because when I went to board the plane, of course I was clueless I didn't have my passport because I'd just used my passport, And they asked me for my passport to get onto the plane. And I frantically emptied out my bag. And I did this again and again. You know when you've lost something and you go through your bag and you get everything out. And then you you look and you can't find it. Then you look again and you can't find it. Then you look again and you can't find it. Then you just think, ah! And then you empty the whole bag out and chuck everything out and you go through everything and you're like where on earth could it be then you retrace your steps back I brought a bottle of water to the shop so I ran back to the shop got really stressed there (laughs) then came back and then the flight people were telling me they're gonna have to take my bag off the plane and then they were calling the airport security and then they said the airport security had my passport but I would need to go back down to arrivals because they had taken it to arrivals And so I missed my flight. I then went back down to arrivals and they said, no, they didn't take it. It's in 
somewhere else, so I had to go somewhere else. And then I had to buy a new flight and I had 11 hours at the airport. Can you imagine? What a lesson I'd learnt. The negativity, the complaining, the believing that bad things happen to me, the believing that you lose mo- I lost, lose money. I created all of this drama because my mind was so consumed that I didn't even hold on to my passport. So during the start of the 11 hours, I was waiting at the airport. I felt, again, pity for myself. And then I realised I had to get a grip. That I had to stop complaining. That complaining was poison. And that complaining serves no one. When we complain, we don't help anybody. We don't help the people around us. We don't help ourselves. So I made a vow. That's it. I'm not going to complain for the rest of the day, for the rest of the trip. For I'm just not going to complain anymore. Except move forward. Focus on what I can control. And I then had the most amazing holiday, met the most wonderful people, had great training, had, had an amazing laughter, love-filled time. So that was my lesson for. No matter what financial struggles we go through, no matter what is happening around us, don't complain. And right now, with everything that's happening, be a leader, be a role model. Don't get into the complaining. All over social media right now is so many people complaining. Complaining about being stuck at home. Complaining about others not being stuck at home. Complaining about the supermarket. Complaining about the government. Complaining about their job. Complaining about... And it's just... The complaining causes more drama. It doesn't help anybody. So we have a choice. We can get into the complain culture... Or we can accept, focus on what we can control. And I'm not saying that there's not massive reason right now to complain. Because there is for many people. But this is, comes as a decision. A decision that complaining is not going to help me. Complaining is not going to get me forward. So I've made a vow to myself that no matter what happens... I may feel like complaining. I may have a moment or two of feeling the disappointment, the anger, the sadness, whatever it is. But I feel it and I don't complain. Because it doesn't help anybody. Especially me. And so the fifth and one of the biggest financial tests that the universe sent me, and hopefully the last, because I think I really now have learned so much from this last lesson that my relationship with money has completely transformed since it's a massive experience. 
So what happened was I decided to give my savings to a friend who was really stuck in their business. They needed the money to open the business because they just didn't have that final piece of money to give the money to the subcontractors so that they could open the doors for business. And they begged me. And I wanted to be the hero. I am a people pleaser. And I've worked a lot on that to free myself from that disease to please. And so at the time I was like, yeah, I will, I will help you. And even though my gut feeling was don't do this, Nicola, I went ahead because I wanted to please. I wanted to be the hero. I wanted to help. Anyway, so I lent a huge sum of money. And around about the time when he was about to start to pay me back, so we had an agreement he wouldn't pay me back around eight months to ten months later, all of a sudden he was not really returning my calls and I was starting to panic. And then again, he would then set, tell me, reassure me, tell me what I wanted to hear and then disappear again. And it was kind of like a repeat of what happened before with the social media business. And then complete silence, completely disappeared. And I fell into a dark, dark place. I was a complete mess. The fear of not getting that money back the fear of losing all of my savings led me to feel panic in every cell of my body. My anxiety was so high. I was stressed. I was bursting into tears in my yoga. I decided not to drink alcohol because I thought, okay, this definitely isn't going to help me. I turned to food. I started eating cakes every night making myself a big cake. And often I would make two cakes a night. And I'd be so desperate to feel and escape those horrible, anxious, stressed feelings that I would literally eat the cake mixture before I even put it in the oven or eat the cake so fast that it, when it came out of the oven, it couldn't even, I couldn't even wait for it to cool down because I was so desperate to feel full, to stop the horrible feelings that I felt inside. I was using food to comfort myself. So I would starve myself all day and then make myself a cake every night. So on the outside, maybe I didn't look like a mess. Yet behind those closed doors, I was broken. I've been doing that then for months, starving myself every day, and then eating cake for months. And then it was one day that changed everything. And that was my birthday. On my birthday, I felt so depressed. I felt so low. I didn't want anybody to say happy birthday. I didn't want anybody to see me. When people messaged me, I just thought I'd go away. I turned my phone off on my birthday. And I just sat in darkness. And I couldn't stop crying. I really felt so depressed. Sometimes I would attack myself with thoughts like, I hate you, what have you done? I'm never going to forgive you. I can't believe this has happened. 
life is so bad. And then I had the scariest thought of all. I said to myself, if I don't get that money back, I'll never get over it. I'll never forgive myself. And then I was shocked at what came next. I had the thought, if I lose all of that money, I can't face it. I'd rather die. I just cannot face lo accepting losing that. And then I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it that I had the thought that I would rather die than face that financial loss. I thought, Nicola, what does that mean? And I realised that what it meant was the reason it was so painful was because, guess the financial loss, but really it was the way that I would treat myself, the lack of self-love, the lack of self-forgiveness, that I would be so angry and so upset and so devastated that that loss would hurt me so much that I couldn't face it. And then I realised, wow, wow, Nicola, you have some serious self-love issues going on here. You have a serious lack of self-love. You have a serious lack of low self-esteem. And this self-criticism, this self-punishment has to stop. And then I began getting angry in a healthy, positive way. Angry, how could I do that to myself? How could I feed myself cake and stuff it down and hurt my body like this? How could I tell myself that I am wrong, that I am stupid, that I'm an idiot for trusting people, for being loving and trusting? How could I equate my happiness to paper. And that's when I realised that we need to love ourselves. You need to love yourself. I need to love myself, regardless of my financial status. Regardless of what I have and what I don't have. I will love myself. Whether I can give money to my family or not. I am worthy of love. Whether I can do anything, I will love myself. And this was the biggest realisation. So that was my fifth. That no matter what financial ups and downs I go through, no matter what mistakes I make financially, no matter what happens to me, I'm not going to punish myself beat myself up, moan at myself or feel like a failure or feel like a success. I don't need that. My self-worth is not linked to money. Now, if you're one of the lucky people that know that from a very young age, amazing. It took a long time for me to realise this because I grew up, as I mentioned, in a household where my mum would say your dad doesn't love you because he's not giving you any money. So I equated love is given through money. And if you have money spent on you, someone loves you. I learned that 
If you make financial mistakes, you're bad. You're a loser. You're not good. And again, money has nothing to do with self-worth. And when I learnt that, wow. Again, massive transformations. I started attracting loads of success, new opportunities, finances came in from every direction, my business grew, opportunities to be in best-selling books came up, I started creating this podcast, loads of opportunities opened for me because I really loved myself and I had no fear. I'm doing this, if it doesn't work, it's okay. And the reason that a lot of people don't make choices to step up is because they're worried about failing. They're worried about rejection. And when you can just say, I'm going to love myself no matter what, this is when you can go leaps and bounds forward. So here are the five as a summary of what has really helped me and these financial tests that I have been given by the universe. So one is to move the energy. Don't keep it stuck inside you. My whole dance therapy, Vinana system, is focused on actually moving the energy through you. Whatever form of movement that you like, move, move, move. Move the stuck energy, because if not, the thoughts can go round and round, and it can get stuck in certain parts of your body. The second part is to turn off the negativity. The negative news filter it, protect your mind from it, and especially take care of that last hour before bed. The third thing is to really feed your mind with positive affirmations, whether that's in the music or through meditations. That is key, like really feeding the mind positivity. We feed our body healthy nutrients, so it's to feed our mind really great things. Then there is avoid complaining. It serves no one and it's an opportunity to be a leader right now in not getting involved in that complain culture. Not getting into the blame game, not getting into the pity party. Doesn't serve you and it definitely doesn't create a positive energy around us. And then it's loving yourself. Right now you need your love more than anything. There's so much stress, so much anxiety, so much fear going on for many people. So much adjusting, so many triggers out there. And loving yourself is great. So if you would like to have any support or if you have any questions about how I help people to love themselves, how I help people to overcome financial stress, how I help couples to reignite over financial differences, then, of course, you can go to my website, you can book a call with me. So, a very special gift for you. I'm giving away, at the moment, my financial abundance and wealth creation meditation. You can listen to it at night before you sleep to fill your mind with positive thoughts about you deserving money, about you creating wealth, and about you holding on to money. This will release the fears, it will keep you positive, and focused. And I also have some really great songs I'm going to be sharing inside the group that have helped me manifest more money, more love, and more success. So if you would like the links to my three most successful songs, if you would like to get this financial abundance meditation, if you're on Facebook, 
then all you need to do is go to Facebook groups and type in Vinana. So it's V-I-N-A-N-A. And that means life force and Sanskrit. That's a new Facebook group that I've created. It's called Law of Attraction. And it's really has live dance classes every day for some family fun or couple fun. It has all of my meditations in there. And I do live talks every week. So you can just find me on Facebook and join me that way. From my heart to yours, I'm wishing you a lovely day or evening wherever you are. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to How to Save Your Marriage with Nicola Beer. To book your free marriage strategy session today, you can visit www.nicolabeer.com, where you can also get the free marriage fixing ebook, request a topic for the show, and make a donation if the show has been of benefit to you and you want to help keep it going. We wish you an amazing love-filled day ahead. <laughs>